It's Jeffrey's Comics! Jeffrey's Comics is Krypton's number one source for silver gold vintage comics, new comics, and trade paperbacks. We love mail orders. Mention Fantastic Forum and all trade paperbacks are buy three and get the fourth one free. Call us at 310-538-3198 or check out our silver gold vintage collection at comicsonebay.com. I got the keys, so I just come in and you come the music. Tony. What is his name, Tony? Lois can never have Superman's baby. Ah, yes. Melon Bunny. Thank you, Trisha. We now return you to Robin Boy Wonder. The only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That would kill him. Fantastic Forum, assemble! You're listening to Fantastic Forum, All Games Radio's premier comic book show, and your live weekly show about comic books. We are the Fantastic Forum, coming to you live and direct from All Games Studio, Los Angeles. Hope you're having a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, or night, as the case may be, depending on where you are in the world. And guess what? If you're not, here's what you should do, my friend. You should stick with us. You know why? Because we're going to help you take it up a notch. Only only one. (laughs) Only, (laughs) Only one notch. But that's better than what you were before. You have the usual suspects in the building. To my left, he is our riddle inside of an enigma trapped in Chinese finger cuffs. You don't know that guy, but you love that guy. He is our silent assassin, Jay. Hey, what's up? Across from me, he is the backbone, the pillar, the strength of Fantastic Forum. He is, in fact, our nine vulnerable brawler. He is our resident strongman. He is Moses Magnum. Hello. As for myself, my name is Lawrence Young. Sometimes they call me Mayor. Sometimes they call me Mister. Sometimes, I don't know. Just sometimes. Welcome to Fantastic Four. Before Joe says anything, shout out to the TV. <laughs> uh, What's on there? It's Aquaman's movie, I think. Uh, Thor of Atlantis. Is that what this again? is? Yeah. Yeah. We didn't watch this yet. No, no, we haven't had this as background yet. <laughs> That's all it's good for. <laughs> uh, also, shout out to Oz. There are worse movies. Like Oz. Yeah, and I don't want to watch those either. I just want to watch Oz. Shout uh, out Oz? Shout out to him? Yeah. Why? Is he here? N- no, you don't You don't shout out people that are here. You shout out the TV. The TV's here. Well, the TV's not a person. I'm hoping that that will suffice, and that way I don't have to talk about the TV anymore for this week's episode. But I'm a, I'm thinking that may not be the case now. You know what? 
Let's move on. Indeed. Shout out to Oz. Uh, who knows? He might show up. You never know. But uh, in the meantime, in between time, hey, Oz. We hope all's well with you, buddy. Um, we got a great show for you today. You know why? Because we're going to talk to you about all types of wonderful things, like WonderCon. It doesn't get much more wonderful than WonderCon. It's where all the wonder happens at the WonderCon, right? That's what you would hope. Right. Like, realistically, in a perfect world, like, you go to the WonderCon and you're like, damn it, this is where wonder lives. So Yeah, but that's when the world is perfect. Right. So we're going to tell you just how wonderful WonderCon was. We're also going to talk to you about the menu. Not the menu. The menu. Uh, numbers one through three. And we're also going to talk to you about... What's the name of that book, Joe? We Can Never Go Home. We Can Never Go Home. Number one. So we're going to talk about both of those. And, and I'm uh, guessing you didn't read the manga I wanted to talk about. Damn it, Joe. What manga did you want to talk about? It's a God's Will. They're starting a new story arc. You did tell us that. Yes. I didn't I didn't read it. I didn't read it. Damn it. I tried to download it and I couldn't get it. You don't have to download it. You can just read it from the site. I don't have an account. You yeah. don't need one. Yeah, oh free. wait, you might. I well I, I do it on my phone and tablet. And those, oh. you have to pay to use Wi-Fi. That might be true. Like if you're using just four GLTE, like they don't, you know, you can do whatever. Right. But if you want to like use your own Wi-Fi that you already paid. Is your mic on? It should be. Okay. Yeah, I hear him in my ear. He's yeah. just really low. Yeah, that's odd. It was fine before. It was. Maybe. Yeah, maybe I gotta adjust something right here. Yeah. <coughs> or maybe you need to like push a thing. Um. In. That's so strange. But, yeah, it was fine. Check, check. Yeah, I mean, it's not that you, you're not there at all or anything. It's just that he sounded low all of a sudden. Check, check. Oh, That gosh. was weird. What? Yeah, I yeah. think the cable got loose or something. Maybe. Or? Yeah, you're much louder now. Uh, let me adjust yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm feeling a little intimidated. I'm like, you should. why you got to talk over me? I'm saying I thought we were all equals on this show, except for the TV. We're separate but equal. That, oh, see? See how they do us? <laughs> See how they I like do. my voice like this. <laughs> See how they do us? I was actually thinking of lowering my register. <laughs> because um, Tangerine said yeah. my name in a low register because I wouldn't hear when she was yelling across the hall uh-huh. <laughs> for me. So she just goes, Moses. And I turn. <laughs> 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 Which was pretty funny. Tangerine's awesome. Yeah, she's crazy. I like shout, that. Shout out to Tangerine. She's not listening. She's crazy. She, she's not that <laughs> crazy. <laughs> well, not anymore. I don't know. She's still pretty damn crazy. Yeah. I don't know, Joe. I don't know what kind of chicks Joe's hanging out with. Apparently. I mean, she didn't take a picture with her face on Purple Heart's ass. Well, no. But I don't think that's because she wouldn't. I think that was because of the ass. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, yeah. She didn't put her face on it, but she got up close because oh, yeah. she made my boy Alphonse move his uh, his mask so that she could get a perfect square Instagram shot of it. She she's the one that pointed out the ass in the first place. She was like, well, "Look at all that ass. What is that?" And Joe was like, "That's Neptunia." <laughs> well, I said that first. Oh, I'm sorry. And then she saw it. Okay, you're right, Joe. Joe's much more wild than Tangerine. I apologize. 
I'm a huge fan of Neptunia. I do know that. And that's maybe the first time I've ever seen it cosplayed. Like, I've even seen uh, Verona cosplayed mm-hmm. before. And, you know, I'm a huge f- fan of the Alchemist series. Right. And, uh, yeah, this is my first Purple Heart. It's interesting because I wonder how much that chick knew about any of that. About Purple Heart? Well, I mean, I wonder if she was just like, I just want something where my ass can be out. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Purple Heart's ass isn't out. Okay. So that was like her personal take on it. <laughs> she was like, you know what? I think there's a little too much clothing on this anime character. <laughs> Orange Heart has a costume where her ass is out. Mm-hmm. A little disturbing because of her age. Yeah. Or lack thereof. <laughs> it's weird because it's like the they'll have their regular form and then their transformation form and their personalities and bodies both change. And so Orange Heart is like a little kid, like a five-year-old kid when she's normal. But then she's like a grown woman with huge tits when she's big. Oh, she's not. When she's transformed. Is that what she's like? Or is she a five-year-old? No, she's a, pretending to be. No, she's like a grown woman. Not, well, I don't know. Like, like a grown woman sounds like a child. No, <laughs> it's like it's like it's like clean. That means it's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if it wasn't light, if it if it wasn't light clean, it'd be clean. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll have more discussion like that on WonderCon. I'm actually um, posting the picture that we're talking, the girl we're talking about, on our Instagram. Oh, okay, cool. So it's in- just at Fantastic Forum, one word. If you're listening, nice. You could actually put it on in. Oh, Tiger Claw, put it in chat. Put it in chat. Uh, Derek H is in chat saying Lawrence is sexist. Why is he questioning the knowledge of a cosplayer just because she's a woman? I wasn't questioning her knowledge because she's a woman. I was questioning her knowledge because. Her ass was out, and she didn't look like she minded much. And I was just like, this might be more about her ass being out than it is about representing for this particular franchise. Like, I wasn't sure, though, but that's what it seemed like to me. Right, it's both. (laughs) She knows the character, yeah, and she modified the uniform so her ass could be out. Right. Yeah, so, you know. But anyway, um... So, we got that. We'll also bring you some news, and we'll bring you whatever else it is you guys want to talk about. Uh, but first, we're going to make sure that we thank Mr. Scott Rubin, All Games Radio, the All Games Radio Network, and of course you guys, the All Games community, for allowing us this time, equipment, opportunity, ability to talk about this medium that we love ooh so much, which are comic books. We also like to thank our sponsor, Jeffrey's Comics. Jeffries is LA's in the South Bay's best comic book store. You can get all your comic book needs met at Jeffries Comics. All you have to do is give them a call at 310-538-3198. They will send comic books directly to your door. All you have to do is make sure that you have a $10 minimum purchase. Uh, tell them what comic books you want, and they will ship it directly to your door anywhere in the continental U.S. for the low, low, flat fee of $5. So give them a call at 310-538-3198. If you like graphic novels if you prefer trade paperbacks jeffries has those too in fact 
if you want to go ahead and buy three and mention Fantastic Forum, you know what they're going to do? They'll toss in a fourth one for free. So give them a call at 310-538-3198. They're open. You can do that now. As long as you can parallel process. Don't do it and then like stop listening because that's messed up. It makes no sense. It's like you better call them and listen at the same time. And when they say, let's say it all you have in the background and you just be like, Fantastic Four. And then they'll be like, more discount. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, I see that Tire Claw did put our Instagram into chat. Or at least I believe it's, maybe it's the specific picture. I'm going to look and find out. But either way, thank you, Tire Claw, for putting that Instagram in there. Because I believe it will be what it's supposed to be. I have faith in the claw. I feel like that should be like uh, Tiger Claw's <coughs> like election campaign. Or I have faith in the claw. Or maybe that's like your terror poster. I don't. I don't know. Like your propaganda poster. I have faith in the claw. Well, I can't vote for Claw, but I can definitely be terrified by him. Indeed. Why can't you vote for Claw? You know it's. Between the music and the fake Donatello love, it's like... <laughs> Look, don't have him call in right now trying to prove that. We got a lot to get to. We do. Uh, Terry Claw put in a picture of the Wonder Woman. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the one after that. But Yeah, but I'm sure that, uh, you know, other stuff will If you be click there. that profile, our profile... We'll right. see the other one. Indeed. That Wonder Woman actually did, because uh, she has, you know, the revealing scantily outfit, but in the back, she used the American flag as like kind of like a half skirt, so she's yeah. not wearing a skirt up front, but she's right. in the back to cover right. up a little, Right. which both Alphonse and I thought was creative, and, you know, mm -hmm. you give the feminists what they want, and give the comic fans what they want. Right. No, she looked. It's a good compromise. Yeah, she looked. She she did a good job, and she's much because she's super fit. Mm hmm So, yeah. Uh, cool. So, I did I forget anything? Oh, I what I forgot is to tell the people how to get down Fantastic Forum. Oh, I was like, yeah. I feel I feel like there's something missing. There's something missing, and it turns out how it is that you can get down with us uh, is what it was. There are a few different ways. You can go ahead and uh, jump onto Skype, which is the free internet soft phone. It only takes a few minutes to download if you don't have it already. You can put Fantastic Forum into your contacts at the green button, and right now you'll be the fifth member of Fantastic Forum. Also, uh, you can jump into chat, chat.allgames.com or allgames.com slash chat. We will take your comments directly out of chat and bring them into the show. Such as Tiger Claw, who says, What's up, Fantastic Forum? What do you guys think of your boy, Stephen Amell, going from Oliver Queen to, to Casey Jones? He played a vigilante on TV and will soon be playing one on the big screen. I think he's a good fit. I think he from doesn't have to do too many different things. From a physicality standpoint. Yeah. He, well, you say he doesn't have to do too many different things. 
like in terms of adjusting his performance, <laughs> maybe be a little wittier and funnier. But it just even depends on what Casey Jones they're gonna do. Because mm-hmm. like, uh, if he's like slightly lighter, yeah, he's Casey Jones instead of TV Zero. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It is a similar character. Yeah, I mean, even if you look like if you read Green Arrow Quiver. Like that opening scene where you first see Green Arrow is like Casey Jones because he's got all these makeshift arrows in his quiver mm-hmm. that are like sports sporting goods shit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about? Well, Joe, have you wa- you've watched Arrow before, right? Um, I saw the first episode. Okay. What do you think about that guy playing Casey Jones? Um. Wait, Arrow playing Casey Jones? Huh. <laughs> Where was Joe just now? <laughs> Watching TV. Where was Joe? I was actually thinking about a Smallville era. Why? Uh, he said Arrow. That's wh- that's the first thing my mind went to. A Smallville. <laughs> okay. No, we're talking like the era that's popular. Oh, well, I mean... I don't think he'll do as good a job as Smallville Arrow, but... <laughs> as Casey Jones? Yeah. Okay. I think that Arrow would make a better Casey Jones than the Smallville, or than the Arrow guy. Okay. But, you know, it's like... He's okay. I mean, who, Other than that guy, who would you rather see as Casey Jones? Um, who would I like to play Casey Jones? Um. Huh. That's a good question. Someone young. Young? How young? Like not a man? No, not not a man. Like twenty-ish, like early twenties. Mm. Like, yeah, like early twenties. Casey Jones to go with early twenties. April. Is is. The Turtle movie, April, supposed to be early 20s? I never saw the Turtle movie. I know the chick's in her third. Like, she's like 30. Yeah. She's not old or anything. I know in the old comic, uh, they used to play them young. Yeah. So, I mean, not the old, old comic, but like... The original comic, right? No. I mean, the like the latest incarnation before this whole Michael Bay thing. Like, the... Not the current IDW series, but the one before that. Gotcha. They were played kind of young. Gotcha. And he was actually a really good Casey Jones in that uh, series. And, yeah, I don't know who exactly I would pick to play him. I mean, I think the guy from Smallville could pull it off, like, Mm -hmm. pretty good. But yeah, I mean, I'd give the Arrow guy a chance. Are are you guys ever gonna watch the original or the the new Ninja Turtle movie? Um, it, I'll watch it after I watch the first one, which so I'm still waiting for it to come out on Netflix. Got you. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for too. Basically, just yeah, like when it shows up in Netflix, I'll check it out. I don't want to. Just wanna... like I did RoboCop. Right, that's what I did too. Dude, RoboCop was awesome. Yeah, I fell asleep, but yeah, it was good. It was better than I thought. You fell asleep? Yeah. Wow. I was tired. (laughs) I was tired. I mean, 
Okay. But yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah. I was like, man, like I even like the redesign. I, yeah, I don't, I didn't understand. Like after seeing it, I didn't understand why people were like so hard on it. You know, nerds. I mean, I do know a lot of nerds. There, it was mostly changing the complete, like completely changing the themes. Like the theme of this RoboCop is completely different from the theme of the first one. That's true, but but so it's more what, it's more relevant for now. Yeah, but nerds don't care about that. They like fantasy. They care about things being consistent. And so they would rather have the theme be less relevant, but redone, than a new theme. And I mean, I can understand that. I don't have, like, I like the movie anyway. But, you know, it's it's just one of those things. Like, it is what it is. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I, I guess it's just one of those things where, for me, I thought, I thought it was going to be something less like what it was before, and it really isn't. It's pretty much like what it was before, but but actually reimagined, which is rare. Where it's like, because it it as far as you're right in the sense that the themes are different, um. But the, I, I guess the, well, I'm trying to think what the right what the right word is. Like the underpinning of the whole story is is kind of there, you know. Mm. It's like it it twisted a little bit, but not a lot. Hmm. It's a it's a it's a different story. It's a different story as far as like the events, but as far as like. No, I mean, I guess that that's what theme is. It's like, I guess... Well, it, the theme of the first movie is basically kind of what happens. It's, it's all about privatizing the police force. And this was not exactly about that. Right. But even bigger is the whole idea of what makes a man a man. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and, and that's there. Right. Yeah, it was good. I liked it a lot, actually. I was like, I, I was shocked. I watched it with Nia one day, and we were just like, wow, this is great. Yeah, it's better than I thought. We had a, we had a good time. Be. Like, I would have wa- went to the movies and seen that, and I, I probably would have been blown away, actually, going, if I went to the movies, because I, I would have had really low expectations. And come away like, whoa. Like, <laughs> I don't think Nia liked it. <laughs> Why don't you think Nia liked it? I don't know, because um, I heard, like, I heard what she said right after you guys watched it. Like, you made her watch it. And I recorded it. <laughs> the the Moses Magnum microphones were in the building? There she is. Fuck oh, you, Larry, with your monkey ass. <laughs> Sounds like Nia. <laughs> like, don't call me a monkey anymore. It's not right. Um, looking into chat, I see that. Uh, let's see, Tiger. Ty- no, Derek H says Moses is sexist. Why am I sexist? Why are feminists and comic fans mutually exclusive? Yep. Well, because I mean, 
They are. <laughs> because they are. Um, I was commending this woman for, you know, appealing to both fans. <laughs> Heck says, dude, playing Roy Harper is... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I put the emphasis in the wrong place. Heck says, dude, playing Roy Harper in Arrow could be a good Casey Jones. Parkour Casey Jones. Yeah. That's what uh, Heck says. Roy Harper is an Arrow? Joe. You you just you should just not even say anything else about Arrow. You should just like yeah. go watch it eventually. <laughs> yeah. You should be watching that now. Yeah, it's while you're on here. But I don't have it. <laughs> on you don't have Netflix on you? Oh, it's on Netflix. Yeah, the Arrow first two seasons. Oh yeah. my god, Lawrence didn't tell me. Oh, uh, what a Why? fucking asshole! I gotta tell Joe everything. And you have Hulu Plus on here too? No, uh, I refuse to pay f- to watch commercials. <laughs> I used to too. Um, I will admit, there was one point, and I used to watch Hulu a lot. Yeah. And there was one point where it was before The Old Republic came out. Yeah. And they kept showing that commercial over and over, and I loved it because it made me hype every time I saw it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I spent so much time that's, not watching commercials that now they just, they're like mini stories for me. That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, if I'm watching regular TV, it's yeah. like I've been watching Supernatural on TNT <laughs> yeah. in the mornings. So I watch commercials with that. Moses is like, have you seen that show with Flo? <laughs> it's fantastic. Like, I hope that she... They're like little, like, non... non Their commercials kind of suck right now. They're like non-chronological <laughs> episodes of an anthology or something. Kind of like Menu. Yeah. Uh, right now, the Progressive Box has the best commercials for Progressive, mm. which is sad. <laughs> like, Flo's a good character, yeah. and the actress that does her is really good. It's yeah. just the commercials they have right now with the f- family aren't great. She reminds me of that chick from Operator 11, but I can't remember her name. The crazy one, right? Yeah, Rhonda. There it is. Was it Rhonda? Yeah, at least in, at F- Operator 11 yeah. it was. I don't know. If, like, I think she's gone on to be not Rhonda, but uh Xenocore says I don't think the current Arrow's voice is gruff enough for Casey Jones. My preference is for I think you're thinking of cartoon uh going back to cartoon uh Casey Jones. That's what that's what the end of the sentence is, Joe. Xenocore says my reference is the eighties cartoon. Yeah, you should update your reference. <laughs> like uh I'm not saying that like like in a bad way. No, but... no, you are, you are. It's too but... late. It sounds like a bad way. Zero like, core is like f you, Joe. Watch the TMNT movie. Like, no, use that as your Casey Jones if you have to. No, which um, is a great Casey Jones. <laughs> Derek H says, "Explain to me why Michael Keaton was a bad guy in RoboCop." I don't think it was what he was trying to do so much as the way he did it. Right, like. He could have he could have done everything that he like he could have got to the same goals a slightly different way and he would not have seemed like the bad guy but because he tried right. to like, it would have taken him a little longer right but you know right it'd have been fine mm-hmm so and you know you have the whole thing where people are like machines should never replace men in anything so that's anyway. idiotic yeah that's true. You should at least take it by a case-by-case case basis. 
Oh, where where was taking my job? Where would we be <laughs> taking without her the fucking assembly line? Well, Detroit would be still around. Damn. Dude, Detroit is... Oh, never mind. I wow. love Detroit. I was about to say, what were you about to say about Detroit? Isn't the best pizza you ever had, Larry, in Detroit? Detroit is amazing. Uh, actually, like, at least, like, top two. Right. Yeah. Forget and now they're dead. Detroit pizza. Oh, man. Now okay. they're dead. But I don't believe it. <laughs> pizza Populous is like ridiculously good deep dish. Oh my god! Nah, I, what do you nah. mean? Nah? We should just buy, like relocate Fantastic Form to Detroit. We could buy a house for like five hundred bucks. <laughs> just get a little compound going. Yeah, it's true. We would you know, We could afford a studio in in Detroit. I heard some guy talking about Detroit, and it made me want to stay away forever. What would he say? And he was, and he's a real get like ghetto dude, and he was like. Man, niggas here, like, you kill one nigga and, like, they talk about it for weeks. In Detroit, we kill a nigga and don't think about it the next minute. <laughs> it's all just dead niggas in Detroit. Like, that's how we do. What? What? Yeah, so it's like, if, someone, if I get killed, I want people to think about it. <laughs> What? Like, and if I get killed in Detroit, I feel like they're going to forget about me in the next <laughs> minute. <laughs> in a Detroit minute. Wait, why Why was he bragging about that? You know niggas. Like, <laughs> hopefully not too many. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not too many. Like, yeah, so I'm good. I don't need to go to Detroit. Jeez. Just nigga. Unless I want to kill a nigga for some reason. Like... <laughs> It's like you buy two plane tickets. Right. One for you and one for him. <laughs> we go to Detroit. So I could do, do this and they forget about it. 60 seconds later. <laughs> they like, man, I didn't even know that. <laughs> he just got here today. <laughs> I messed up. Okay. All right. We should uh, we should go on a break, <laughs> and then when we come back, <laughs> when we come back, um, you guys want to talk? Well, you know, what? let's talk. Let's talk about one of these books. All right, we'll talk. Uh, you want to talk menu on coming back? Coming back, yeah. Let's do menu. Okay, coming back, we'll talk menu, and uh, yeah, this is Fantastic Forum only on allgames.com.
Welcome back to Fantastic Forum, only on allgames.com. Uh, we are going to jump into a review of Menu. Moses Magnum, tell us about it. Well, let me give you a little bit of background in why I love comic book conventions, especially big ones like WonderCon in San Diego. Is you go into like the small press area or the uh, artist alley, and you find people that just make their own comics and are trying to come up in the industry and you know some like that book that larry refuses like we talked about it before where he just passed by the guy with a blank stare <laughs> not caring <laughs> what it was when he handed the flyer because you know it's all black heroes or whatever yeah and then i, I think he was actually justified because that book looks terrible right but that's my point it's like the book like it just looked bad and you know that's what's there bad or good in fact that same they, he got, he took the flyer this year and then ripped it <laughs> <laughs> See? See? and then he didn't even bother to rip it all the way he's just like eh it's not even worth all the energy it's so it's like he pulled it out to show it to me he's like look i ripped half of it it's messed up it's messed up but you know but that's what it is it's it's like you go you talk to these guys you get to you know nobody's there for them because you know that they're not the draw. Like it's a good venue for them to show off their stuff, but not very many people go and just sit and wait for them to do panels or sit and wait for them to do signings, or you know take pictures with them. Unless you know you have met them before at other comic shops, because th that's what they do. These guys, it's a very like almost like um, like coming up in like music you know like you play a bunch of little clubs in your area and then you kind of expand you know you go sign in different books at different shops and stuff like that um i know this for this book menu one a couple of the guys like i you could tell it was going to be a pretty good book because the guy looked cool he seemed smart he was he was outgoing and, and he really like talked to you he didn't just say like ha a lot of these guys have this defeated look where they're like Oh, I'm just here. If they buy it, they buy it. But it's like, my theory is that sometimes they hire these people to just be in that booth 
<laughs> what? And and yeah, and so they're not like hungry to sell it, you know? That's what it seems like to me sometimes. But this dude's like he's standing up, standing up straight, and then everybody that walked by he talked to and he didn't make you wait for too long. Uh we kinda waited because there were like three or four three people ahead of us, I think. Yeah. And then once we took a step they cleared out, so we ran back. I know I did. And we talked to him, and he just seemed like a cool guy. had had more than one book showing, which is always good for these little guys. I mean, it's hard to make a bunch of books and show them off, but right. if you can, that's what you do because it's like you, you know you cast a wider net, even if it's only three books wide. And this guy Matt Rosenberg, he basically writes these independent comics, and he has Ashcan Press, I believe, mm-hmm. is his company. Yeah. And they put out uh, this book menu, and right, it really caught my eye because you know I'm a dog lover. I love dogs. I love you know, I've had dogs my whole life, and you know I have two crazy but awesome dogs in their own right that are my babies. And uh, this book is basically a boy and a dude and his dog just traversing the wasteland of America in a post-apocalypse. Which is something the book itself tells you. <laughs> it's not new. We're not reinventing it. We're just telling you these people's stories. It's a guy and his dog. And the way they choose to tell the story is interesting to me because each book has like three stories in it. Some even four, but like one one-page story. You know, and um, it's basically there. All the little chapters within the book are in non-chronological order. Yeah. So that's interesting in itself too, because you you don't know you kind of have to think of where it can be and um, what they've learned in their last, because they're always acting slightly different, and you know sometimes they're a little more more advanced in their fighting, sometimes they're a little bit less. Because this book, there's a lot of fighting in it. <laughs> I know I didn't really think about that. Like, I know, I know each thing isn't like. That they're out of order, right? They're not chronological, but I never really thought about like how like their past experiences affect how they do. Right. They're really just really accessible short stories of what's going on in this post-apocalypse. Right. So yeah, like that's kind of how I saw it. Mm-hmm. I the reason I I was kind of already I heard overheard them kind of you telling that to somebody that was going to buy it ahead of me. So I kind of already had that in my head, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, and then just little things of like, there's one story where they're both the, the Paul and the guy's name is Paul, the character. Yeah. And the dog's name is Trufton, Trufton or Trafford or something like that. Trufton sounds about right. And basically, um, they put them in a cage together behind a barn <laughs> and then the dog just automatically just starts digging his way out because <laughs> that's what a dog will do if, if he's not used to being in a crate he finds a way out I but tried what to... was awesome about that story was that not only does the dog get out right but he goes and brings the dude a shotgun <laughs> <laughs> right yeah that's that's pretty cool but it just seemed like knowing that behavior of a dog you know you i come across a lot of people that have dogs but they're or even pets in general, and they just have pets, 
and they're just feeding them till they die. Like they don't really take time to train them. They don't take time to learn their behavior and their little tells when they're ill and stuff like that. But you know, with my dogs, I've spent a lot of time training them, and yeah, I've seen them like undo locks. Like my dog Dean, the husky, he opens the balcony door to get in. <laughs> you know, just and it's always the days that I put him out there, and I just he instead of trying to like look at the neighbors or whatever he just sits and watches me close the door so he'll watch me close the door and then see how they'll open it and he's done that a couple times now i have to lock it (laughs) but because he doesn't have the key (laughs) but um but yeah just things like that like in the crate so just watching the dog display his behavior i really enjoy and just the way they write that is really cool um they show there's one story where there's uh it's the story is just about hope <laughs> and the paul is sleeping and they see an insect fly by now in this this post apocalypse there's no food all the crops dried up mm-hmm. and so they're everybody's just eating each other <laughs> and that's why there's a lot of violence because that's all they could eat now like you don't even see that many dogs around I, in three issues i only saw the one dog <laughs> that's the main character but issue um, two didn't have another dog. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I mean, I didn't read it, but yeah. I know the end of issue one was like they meet their dark mirror images or whatever. And that was like a guy and a, and his dog. You know what I think that is? That is them being more violent in the next issue. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think, but. What what ends up happening is the story is talking about, like, you know, people rely on hope because hope makes men do certain things. It's very poetic in the way it's written. And you just see the dog frolicking around seeing this insect. So they show, you know, you see, normally before the apocalypse, we would see an insect and just try to kill it. But now you see that insect, and that insect is a sign of hope because it could quite possibly be pollinating mm. uh, more food. And then at the the end, <laughs> the end line of that little uh, caption um, montage or whatever, the little chapter, it says, "But Trustin is just a dog, and he eats the fucking bug." <laughs> and and the whole thing is in black and white. And then you just see like the burst of insect blood, just these colors just come out, which is kind of cool too, because it's like all hope is just fading away. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just they they choose a, a really cool creative way to express these stories and yeah i I enjoyed that a lot i read all three issues in one sitting and it's just easier to read because it's just a bunch of short little stories right i know i read one while you guys were still talking to the guy (laughs) yeah when it was great like i just loved it it's like so much so many kind of cool things happen right and i like the art like it's not it's weird. I've been noticing that a lot of indie books, even though they're done by different people and different companies, have the same art style. Right. Which is, like, bad. Right. <laughs> but uh, this one doesn't. Not only does it not have that art style, yeah, but it has multiple art styles right. because it's multiple artists, and they're yeah. all They're all pretty good. good. Yeah. I think there might be one that you might not enjoy, and it's still, it's just this weird, twisted, like... Archie style art. I love Archie style art. Yeah, but this is like twisted. Like you might think it's bad, 
But um, let me see if I can find it. But I see it as more like the 70s, like 60s, 70s indie style, like the R. Crumb stuff. Right. I like that. Okay. Maybe we'll issue do. Crumb is amazing. Issue. I mean, okay. I'm not actually even like a Crumb fan, but <laughs> but I know his work. Right. And it's definitely cool for like his fans. I get it. You guys talk while uh, while I look for this art. Okay. I was gonna say that um, issue one, the first story almost had like a Kirby esque kind of thing going on with it, which is crazy because I I honestly didn't like it. Like <laughs> and you know and I don't know why because I like Kirby art, but I think I like Kirby art for for what it. Like what, what it, it used is to be. and what it was, right? This I was kind of like, I I don't know if I was feeling this as much in in that particular regard, you know. Where no, I know, you know I what just it picked is? one up. It's that it's not in color. Is that what it is? Yeah, maybe that could be it. No, I I just picked one up, uh, so I don't know what number it was. Uh huh. Um, which one was number one? Number one was. Like it was, or what was the first story? The first story is basically with this guy that Paul and he have had run-ins before, and he realizes that Paul is in like hiding in a cornfield, and he's trying to like trying to basically kind of um uh like burn him out. Well, I don't think it's cornfield. Maybe it's like. Because I guess all the crops are gone, so it must be like just tall grass or something. But okay. he's trying to burn him out the tall grass so he can shoot him with his shotgun. Oh, okay. And this guy, I mean, they everybody looks like everybody looks like a Kirby drawing, and so it was like, which there's a part of me that appreciated it for the fact that like somebody obviously found Kirby an influence, and like you could see it so so evident in his style that I was like well hey you know he like if you're gonna copy somebody I guess might as well be Kirby I mean but honestly if you're gonna copy someone you might as well copy Lee yeah, I don't know that's the thing some people think Lee's overrated too his time's done I personally think his art is fantastic but I mean it's not like his art. like I've seen Lee books lately where I've just been like okay well you know what? this wasn't as good as I would have hoped so you know, it it happens, but it, again, it is more like I appreciate it for what it was, not for what it is now. I actually did like that a lot because the like, especially the bad guys, they were like gruff looking. Yeah. So it kind of it, it made me feel like you know, like um, was it Kazar and shit like yeah, that? Yeah, it definitely and looked something like that. They even yeah. had the Kirby crackle <laughs> in the fire. Yeah, like, absolutely. So it's like I. You know, it's not like other books where with art you don't like that you got to put up with thirty pages of that art. You know? That's true. That's true. So it's like if you don't like it, you can just not read that one, right? Thing. Or finish it and then you're done. Actually, it's interesting. This one you're talking about with the crumb art yeah. is actually one of my favorite oh, stories, yeah? and not so much the art, but I mean, I didn't have a problem with the art. In fact, I thought it was kind of cool. Like he was all beat up from before, like right. It's kind of cool, like, it emphasizes the fact that it's an anthology, like, not chronological, 
Yeah. And non-chronological anthology. But I was definitely into the story for this one. Like, it's just an interesting build-up. Like, he's been doing this for a while. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's a prisoner. And he's like, meets the guy and's like, okay, you're a warlord, you know. Obviously, right. you either want to kill me or you want me to join or you want something from me. Like, what do yeah, you want? You want like, me to kill somebody? <laughs> right. Let, like, let's cut the bullshit and tell me what you want. Mm -hmm. And really, he just wants him to review a book that he wrote because <laughs> right. he knows he read it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but honestly, yeah, like. I even like how that one ends where the conversation just fades out. Like, you don't see any conclusion to the conversation. It just, right. like, The, the last away. thing is the writer say, like, uh, what's the guy's name? Paul. He yeah. says the hero was two-dimensional. Yeah. And the warlord's like, that's bullshit. He has layers. <laughs> like, that's the end of the story. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but uh, it's weird. Like, the indie art that I'm talking about that is really bad, it's like if I showed you it, you would notice that a lot of books look like that. Right. And it's Yeah, it's I know it's what kinda you mean. like like they're trying their best to be accurate and but they're not really being accurate accurate so the lines aren't perfect right they're also and, trying to be kind of like fit into a mold of something else yeah like um you know trying to appeal to people that would read like a superhero book but they're not part of what uh, you know there's things in superhero books like perspective <laughs> that play a big part to really tie everything together right and a lot of the new books don't do that well and it'll be the inking won't be exactly consistent mm -hmm. and I would much rather read like a Scott Pilgrim where it's stylized. And I know we use that word a lot. Like maybe we shouldn't use it as much, but you know, they're simple drawings, but with a great story. And like, I would much rather have that than, you know, they're trying to be the comic book superhero we are, but just they're off because it's like, harder to look at because you know what it's supposed to look like yeah and you know it's a bad job it's like yeah looking at something and knowing it's bad is worse than just having art that's off or that you don't yeah it's hard to explain but or for me to explain but <laughs> yeah i don't know just indie books should have better art. But <laughs> Menu has good art. And it has multiple art. Yeah. So. Yeah. And. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what I was saying about the art. It's good. Okay. Yeah. I, I know. Um, the. Like, I only got to read the one issue, which I know is a different issue. I mean, Mo got to read all three. You read a different one than I read. Right. And um, I know, for me, I was basically thinking, like, the art wasn't wasn't that great still. Mm-hmm. But um, 
It's better than that book we ignore. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It depends on what. <laughs> uh, you haven't seen the issue I've seen, so I don't know. Uh, that's true. Yeah, so it, I don't know. Which one did you read? The no, yellow color? No, no, number one. Le the one color. with the. He showed it to you. I haven't seen a that number. one. That one. And so, like, especially like the, the dog and the Kirby esque kind of art, I really like, oh, I'm not, not feeling that. The story wasn't bad. Um. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the indie comic art is like this is amazing compared to like a lot of those indie comic books. Well, like, oh, even so? like that comic book I got for your birthday that one year, Potential. Like it was trying to do the Kirby <laughs> shit too, right? Yeah, but at least that looked like Kirby. Okay. So that that was once was fine. And yeah, like yeah, I like the art here. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why other books I don't like them that much. Does in any of the further issues does it go into what happened to the world? Or it's just the crops and stuff dried up. Like they just make mention of that, but they don't know. Like they don't really mention how long it's been. Mm -hmm. But it uh, for one. For one issue, like the one with the the helmet, that yeah, you that's like? the one I read, and that one I really like. It's yeah, basically, Paul, uh, he kills this guy, but he's not a hundred percent dead yet, mm -hmm. and it must be early on because he's asking the guy like, "Why are you doing this? Like, what's your motivation?" Mm. And the dude is like, "I was hungry, like when I." was young i joined a gang because i was hungry i killed people because i was hungry mm -hmm. i attacked you because i'm hungry and yeah that was a great story but, for me. but why because all the i mean i guess so they've this is a point where they've eaten all the meat too right everything that they, that's what i'm saying like it's been a good amount of time where they've run out man it's no joke. And it's like, they kind of, they mentioned the Russians, like, trying to prevent it, but by the time they tried to, it was already too late. Yeah, because it's wild. Like, I mean, I mean, everybody's just kind of, like, at the point where they're like, well, of course we eat people. Right. That's what you do. And it's like, really? That's what you do? Okay, well, I guess that's what you do. I mean, meat is meat. Right. As long as you meat don't eat the brain, meat. right? Meat is not meat. What does it matter if you eat the brain? It, I don't. Isn't that what makes you crazy? At a certain point, <laughs> I don't. Like, like the heart gives you the power of your enemy, but like meat is not meat in the beginning, but eventually it becomes meat. I don't it's know. like I remember in Crossed when they killed all those little kids because they had already tasted human flesh, because that was at a point at the very beginning, right? And there were still crops. I mean, and killing kids is fun. So you feel like there's a point where you'll just be like, well, you know, eating people, that's what happens. Right. Like you saw, Do oh, you might not have seen Doomsday. But in Doomsday, it was like the same thing. Except they were a little sadistic about it. I would like to believe that I won't get to that point. 
Look, you'll die first. <laughs> that might be true. Your 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 hopeful optimism. Yes, it's redundant. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. I would like to die before I eat people. I mean, that's on my bucket list, so I can't agree with you. <laughs> Eating people? Yeah, I mean, I, I like to try new things. Oh. I right. don't know. It just, yeah. We'll have to disagree on that one. I don't but think my like, wisdom teeth can handle it, though. Well, I mean, it's not like it's that rough. Like, if you cook it right. Yeah. It's like any other meat. Like, you, like, get a crock pot. Oh, and, yeah. Like, just boil it and it'll fall right off the bone. Well, it's. Just, make a stew. I've been on this. Like, if you there know, are carrots and shit. Like. I've been on this free range farm kick, and I don't think I can eat just any human. Like, it has to live the good life. and Or been a baby. Like, <laughs> babies are pure. They don't even have all those toxic shit in them. I don't think I could eat a baby. Like, the texture seems like it would be like frog. Well, what? yeah. What? What? <laughs> like, what? All right. So, that's well, the cue to how, move to yeah. the next. Part. How would you guys rate menu? Um, I'd give it, for me, that's a five out of five. Like, it, it's one of the, the, the good things about going to a convention is finding something new that you really enjoy. And you know, I I just bought everything he had except for the um the Ghostface Killer book he did. <laughs> but that because you hate black people. It's not that. I actually in the end of of uh, We Can Never Go Home, um, Matt's other book. Uh, well, I should say this book is written by Matt and Matt Rosenberg. And what's this guy's name here? Patrick Kinlung. So it's a it's a team effort. Mm -hmm. In the writing, which I think helps this book a lot because it's a bigger well of ideas mm -hmm. to do these things and, and you know, with the post-apocalypse and whatnot. I give it a five out of five. Um, uh, what I was going to say about the his other book, We Can Never Go Home. Wait, we, we, we'll talk about that. No, no. I'm, oh. I was just going to say that it, it said you can buy all the copies digitally or print from the website uh -huh. blackmassstore.com but you can't get menu there <laughs> uh, so i made sure to grab everything they have okay because that one's on ashcan press and that one's on black mask inc and then i went to ashcan press and it goes automatically to a tumblr page oh wow and i don't think tumblr lets you have a store on there but <laughs> or does it i mean if it does then yeah i gotta keep looking no i'm joking <clears throat> but yeah. Jay, what say you about menu? Uh definitely four out of four four out of five. Um if I read the others I might be up there with five too. But I I know I loved the first one or not the first one, but the one I read. Okay. I loved it. And what issues it's one of read? the good it's the cool thing of yeah, like Mo was saying, it's the cool thing about conventions. Is like you get to see the smaller books that may not make it into your comic shop. Right. And some of them are actually worth reading. Indeed. Not that one book we keep tearing up their their postcards for. But menu is good. That's fair. 
Uh, I think I would give it probably a three out of five. Which you know, uh, maybe if I had read what you guys read, it'd be different. It does sound like your your guys the stories you guys are talking about sound like better stories even than the one that I read, which I thought was all right. Mm. Um, but it didn't resonate with me the way that it did with you guys. And uh-huh. so yeah, that might just be the issue. Yeah, I'm also, I'm a little biased. Just, you know, I said that from the beginning, being a dog lover. Right. Um, I know a fucking issue seven of either six or seven of Afterlife with Archie was like the best issue of, this, of that series because, you know, Hot Dog and what's his name? What's Archie's dog name? Archie's dog? I don't yeah. remember. Um, But they fight. Because, you know, Archie's being protected by his dog. I really need to read that. Dude. You do. I know I told Larry like five times to read it. He hasn't read it. I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. Get in there. Like Jeffries. Just like you're going to upload the archives. I just gave you the archives to upload. You've been doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that means you're never going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the archives are current. No, but you're not doing it. I'm doing it. No. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Cool. All right, so um, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about WonderCon, and then we'll also bring you uh, a review of Can Never Go Home Again? We Can Never Go Home. We Can Never Go Home. We Can Never Go Home. This fantastic forum... Only on allgames.com.
And we're back. Fantastic formal in all games deck. Cam. I like that. <laughs> um, so, WonderCon 2015 has come and has gone. Uh, what did you guys think of this year's WonderCon? What were some of the things that you loved about it? What were some of the things that you thought could possibly be, be better? Highlights and such. What's going on? I like the Steven Universe cosplayers. <laughs> I, I, like, I know the last convention I went to, I didn't see any of it. And I'm glad that it's starting to pick up. I even saw a Lapis Lazuli, which was awesome. Bless you. <laughs> even though I didn't see a Garnet. But, you know. Yeah, that one's a little tough, I think. A little. But, you know, hopefully next time. Word. Word. Do you want to see, like, a dude try and do it? Do Garnet? Yeah. Yeah, that would be okay. Like, Garnet is half dude anyway, I think. Is she? Mm-hmm. I like think a, so. I like think... a transsexual? or? Well, no, it's a fusion thing, right? Right. Like, oh. I think one of her fusions, I think uh, Ruby is a dude. Oh, okay. So, you know. Cool. Yeah, I really like that they make you go in through Artist Alley. Yeah. So everybody gets the small press and Artist Alley. Like, on Sunday, they did it even, like, even more so where they had some people going in at one end of Artist Alley. And then other people walking to behind it, that, that like, curtained-off area. Mm -hmm. And then come in through the other side of Artist Alley and then down the aisles going, I guess, east or west, rather, mm -hmm. through Artist Alley, all the different aisles. So I think that was good. At least, some, you know, there was something to catch somebody's eye and make those guys money, hopefully. Word. Um, the cosplay was... I mean, all over the place. I don't usually take pictures because I'm, you know, we're there working for the most part. Right. So I don't have time to do it. So I just gave the camera to my friend Alphonse. And he was just, you know, shuddering away. <laughs> Indeed. So we got a lot more pictures coming other than what we've seen on our Instagram. I thought it was um pretty good programming this year. Like, I like, saw a lot of panels that I was like, I would go to that. Yeah. Yeah. Even stuff that I've never heard of sounded intriguing to me. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to go to as much as I would like because the sales floor <laughs> was so good. You know, <laughs> like, there was stuff to buy either from the publishers or from vendors. They had a good amount of vendors. They had, you know, the Capcom booth where you could play Monster Hunter, the new one. Yeah. And then they had a Wii U one. And... They didn't take up too much space, so it was pretty good. Right. Um, but, yeah, I got to – I actually recorded two panels that I was in. So for Fantastic Forum Bootleg Edition, you're going to have two panels to listen to. Nice. One is for an online show called Nobility. Mm hmm And that's touted as Firefly meets The Office. Could be interesting. And Walter Koenig is in it. Who's that? 
Chekhov? Oh, I don't know Chekhov's real name. Koenig? Me neither. Mm-hmm. Wow. But I have been hearing a lot about Nobel or not a lot, but I have been hearing some of the buzz about Nobel. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and um it, the art director on there I know from my days of selling comics at conventions. He used to sell cuz he's a prop maker. He worked on for Stan Winston. He worked for, you know, a bunch of different studios. So he has like one of a kind stuff that he would sell. <laughs> so he would just sell like two things and make his like six months rent <laughs> at the convention, you know? Crazy. And um, you know, fiber optic like stuff that he would make for Disneyland, like he'd make one for himself. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I shouldn't be saying that, <laughs> but yeah, fuck it. Um <laughs> but he was hilarious back then because, you know, on slow days he'd be mad that nobody would be buying because people would try to buy his stuff like he would have these japanese like models mm-hmm. of like you know the yamato and stuff like that mm-hmm. and model kits but they weren't just the standard stuff that people would get because back then you could get some of that stuff at like toys r us right and his shit was like you know 500 dollars sets and people would come it's like you know he would have some built and then you know people would come and can i look at that and then he's like, yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I want to hold it. It's like, you got $500? Like, you can't. It, his stuff was, you know, on a higher level. It wasn't just toys, but people would treat it like it was just toys. Right. So he was, like, super uh, resentful for that. Yeah, so yeah. he just, like, you know, we, he, well, we were, it was me, my brother, and then this guy, Al, um, who's the art director for Nobility. And he would basically just. <laughs> we just talk shit up like people watching but talking shit right especially when the three of us got hungry because right. that's when we become bigger assholes hangry yeah hangry <laughs> so um yeah so it was always a fun time even if we didn't make money right and i think for like two three years we, he had the booth next to us and yeah now he's doing that and i saw him and i told my friend i'm like hey i know that guy and then sure enough like he comes up onto the booth and he's just talking shit from the from the panel on stage, stage. Uh-huh. like um the the one of the guys that created it um was this guy named AJ Peña and he was in Jingle All the Way and he was in Boy Meets World as an actor but he's you know uh a comic book guy from the convention so they knew each other mm-hmm. and he decided he wanted to do this series oh uh, okay and what so he created it and wrote it but he's talking about how hard they've been pounding away at it <laughs> and then talking about being a straight comedy and then he th- this guy that i knew al the art director he's like he just looks at him he's like wait, wait you're pounding away and it's straight <laughs> <laughs> so it's like shit like that right and um so it was it was a fun even if you didn't like if you didn't know what that pa- what that show was, mm-hmm. you got to learn a little about the show, but it was an entertaining panel. Ah. And that's the one that we have on bootleg. Nice. And then What's the other one? The other one is the Flash panel. Ah. Um but I make no promises about that one <laughs> because <laughs> I make no promises. I was editing it and trying to convert the audio files and it erased from everything I had it on. Jeez. <laughs> it was like, you know what? Delete it on everything. Right. The old, My only thing that I hope 
it, it, it does is that when my phone backed up to iCloud, I can still get that backup and revert to that backup. Gotcha. That'll still have that file. So if you guys are going to be in for a treat, if... <laughs> iCloud did what it's supposed to do. Well, yeah, because it, it does it on a certain time. So I don't know if when I charged my phone this morning or mm -hmm. that phone this morning, I don't know if it did a backup or not. We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, caller, you are... Oh, actually, you should tell us who you are, where you're calling from, and what you thought of WonderCon 2015. Uh, hello. My name is uh, Derek. I agree. I, oh, I, uh, I didn't. I did not go to WonderCon. Oh, okay. Well, you could tell us what you want to know about WonderCon 2015. I want to know uh, what was the part of WonderCon that made you wish it was Comic Con. <laughs> I, honestly, I know for me there was no part of WonderCon that made me wish it was Comic Con. I mean, the WonderCon feels like what. Now, now I don't know about if I say what Comic Con used to be because I, I since I've been know. going, yeah, it's always been that fan that fanfare like a whole bunch of people or whatnot. But as far as quality goes, WonderCon is like mini Comic Con. I mean, it has it brings out top tier talent in, in regards to writers and artists. Um, they have premieres like I mean we saw uh, Batman versus Robin uh, there. And it they have like the multimedia kind of stuff. We you know they had an arrow panel, they had a flash panel, they had friggin' there was a Bloomhouse panel, or they had iZombie, like they had like you know, I mean, it, it for all intents and purposes, it's a smaller version of Comic Con just localized. You know, when I started going to Comic Con, I was fifteen or sixteen, mm -hmm. and that's exactly how it was. Like, it even felt like that same size. It was a little bigger, but, you know, the one thing that did to answer Derek's question is I wish there was Dark Horse yeah, and Marvel. Yeah, no Dark Horse, but, no Marvel, which yeah. was a little different. Like, usually, like, last year they were both there. Yeah, I mean, Marvel, not as much as Dark Horse. Because Dark Horse, I mean, they, Dark Horse provides <laughs> potentially 60% of the content that we talk about here because they're generous with their assets, right? Their people, like they make sure we can get. If somebody won an Eisner, they'll do everything they can to make sure that we can get to talk to them, even if it's for ten minutes, right? You know, um, we did. You know, the singer from Slipknot. You know, he was right. on a really tight schedule, and he wanted to leave. He was hungry. And he was like irritable. And then the PR guy, Ob, that's been really good to us, mm -hmm. he says, just this is the last one. You got to do these guys, you know? Right. And, you know, them not being there, you know, that's why we're just talking about cosplay now. Because <laughs> <laughs> we probably would have had a lot more stuff to play and post and all that mm -hmm. if Dark Horse would have been there. Also, it's always good to see the people over there. They're always yeah. good to us. And not to mention, they make quality comics. Oh, yeah. That's a given. Yeah. But... Yeah. Well, next year it'll be in LA, so that'll be fun. That's yeah. I mean, will it? Yeah, that's the news story for this week. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, of course not. It's moving to to what the convention center? Yeah. Yep. Really? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? That's a terrible thing. Yeah, I don't think it's 
a smart move, but they did sell out every day this year. So That's true. they do need a bigger venue. Yeah. Um but I mean they did what, three years at Anaheim already? Yeah. Most of WonderCon is uh what I have found out is once WonderCon closes. Yeah. Uh, but uh once uh the LA Convention Center closes, you don't want to hang out there. You you need to leave. Well, I mean you could go to LA Live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but nobody wants to hang out there. Nobody wants to go to a shopping mall. You could go to the Figueroa. Okay, okay. You, you try to make this into a. Uh, you try to turn this into a positive. You go, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's Larry to a fault. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's like he keeps me around. <laughs> I'm saying like, and and uh, the at WonderCon usually Anaheim people say, okay, it's over. Well, let's go to the hotel and just hang out there until two in the morning. Well, they ruined that too. They by did the way. kinda. They totally changed the vibe of the hotel. Like, because I remember it being, like, darker. Yeah, and it, more loungy. It, yeah, it felt like a lounge, and people would hang out there. They would, a lot of people would stand around in the middle and then, like, definitely lounge out on the different seating that was available if there was anything available on the sides. And this year, it was, like, all super bright. And and it was, like, a cafeteria. Yeah, because it was they add they put seating in the in the middle, yeah, and it's just kind of like I don't know, like is I, I guess that might be better for business. It might be, but it it definitely changed the vibe of things. But I mean, with that said, we still got to like talk to some folks and hang yeah. out a little bit. But you saw how he was doing. He was jumping from. He was like looking for people in there, and then he jumped. To yeah. them for ten minutes right. instead of like being the Hyatt where everybody's just one group and instead of having to jump, people join the group and right. you know they move like it's more organic. Right here, he was working where <laughs> I mean, God bless him because we were gonna do it. Like we saw him eating with his friend and we're like, uh, you know, he's cool. You know, yeah. Because the whole vibe is not set up to like, hey, let's just chill here. Tell you know? people you're talking about. Oh, John Schnepp? Yeah. The director of Superman Lives? Ah. Or, oh, is it the let, Tim let me, Burton? Thing? Let me look. It is that, but let me look up the, the It's basically a documentary, the the documentary. While you're looking at that, I'll explain to the people. It's the documentary about the Superman film that never was. It's Tim Burton Superman starring... Um, Nicholas Cage. Is that out yet? Wasn't that Sophia two years ago? Yeah, but he's you know, the death. Can of... I tell why he, one of the reasons why he can't do it? The death of Superman lives. The death of Superman lives. Um, oh, what happened? Well, yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but this is what we do here. <laughs> um, one of the things that I think this is all speculation, by the way, to comment. And he doesn't have the budget to pay Neil Adams because he had to buy the rights to scenes from the movie and and stuff like that to show. So, yeah, that's that. I think that's one of the wrenches he's facing. But and then he keeps adding and filming stuff. Yeah. As t- as the days goes by, like he filmed stuff that day. So, I, he said that there could be a sequel in the works already. But but he made it seem as if it's gonna come out like right in it, the next couple months. In May, he said um, they're gonna do the Alamo Draft House as one of the premieres. And the Egyptian, I think they said too. 
and the Egyptian here in LA. Right. But we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. I wish I had my Metalocalypse hardcover for him to sign while he's drinking. <laughs> well, I'll definitely, uh, you guys make it sound like fun, so definitely I will make it to WonderCon uh, in 2016 if I'm still, if I'm still here. Well, WonderCon where are you going? You can I have all games if you pass away? Can, it, can we just be talking about him moving or something? <laughs> like, what, what are you guys talking about if I'm still here? <laughs> Craziness. Stop it, Derek. Stop it! You should you should come. It, it's a fun it's a fun con. You would like it. A lot of like I will say this. Um, I feel like something about WonderCon brings a different level of cosplayer to that show. And I don't know if it's like Anaheim or what. Like I mean, I think like it feels to me like some of the best some of the best cosplayers because they think they're gonna get picked up by Disney. Disney's maybe, right there, so they're like, well, maybe. I gotta bring my A game. But it feels like some of the best cosplayers of cons, of all the cons, are at WonderCon outside of Comic-Con itself. Do you think that's going to change at at Elevate Convention Center? I don't know. Because, I mean, they're good. Like, we've seen people. I mean, E3 has a great a great level. Oh, no, they don't. What? what? E3? E3 should not have cosplayers. E3 is not cosplay place. I'm not saying that it should have it. I'm saying it's there, <laughs> for better or worse. But the fact is that I think WonderCon has better cosplayers than a lot of conventions. And even, even like, I know, like, I felt like the cosplay thing, like, that was, tr- like, trying to be Long Beach's thing for a little bit. But I don't know. I feel like WonderCon, like, I feel like they really go there for that. And it might be because of that little fountain thing that they have in front of the... Right. That little, or like, they kind of feel like that's, like... An arena or a stage for them, so maybe they're saying that the bus loop in front of the convention center is not not, not going to bring the same level of cosplay. <laughs> well, may, maybe not, not not like that fountain does. Well, you know, it has the multiple. If steps. they make a little stage for them, maybe they could. But I mean, honestly, you know, I think that like if you go to Anime Expo, I think the cosplayers there are a higher level. Yeah. Than oh yeah, than, and I haven't uh, been in WonderCon. Okay, but uh, I know I mean, you don't really go to that that much. I mean, I'll I'll go, but I, I think more They're than normally any, busy. I think more than anything, I don't know what any everybody's supposed to be. So maybe it's I harder mean, for me to judge. There are a lot of American licenses too. Like, yeah, I think the best Titans I've seen were at Anime Expo. Well, I would agree with you there. But that's how it's supposed to be, right? What the best cosplayers at Anime Expo? Well, the best, the best Titans. You're talking about Attack on Titan, right? No, I'm talking about the Teen Titans. Oh, the best Teen Titans. Yeah. No, he's not. He's talking about Titans. <laughs> I thought you were talking about like, yeah. I thought you were talking about like, no, talking oh. about the Teen Titans. Like the best ones I've seen have been at Anime Expo. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. But yeah, I think I think they have um, a lot a, a lot of high quality cosplayers at WonderCon. I don't know if that'll carry over if it's at the convention center, but who knows? It might because those people like dressing up. What I like about it though too is that I don't feel like it doesn't ever feel like cosplayers, and it might be because of 
the amount of people versus the amount of space. And does that ever feel like cosplayers are in the way at WonderCon? Even though there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. They're like, they kind of like, okay, this is our space over here, which is outside of the actual convention hall. And then when they're inside, they're kind of doing what they do as opposed to like, you know, other places, other cons, it feels like they're kind of bunching up and can be in the way in certain places. But even when they stop in the halls, and I don't know if that has something to do with the way that Anaheim Convention Center is set up, I don't ever feel like when they stop in the aisles, it doesn't ever feel like they're in the way. And maybe they just make their aisles bigger because they have less people or less vendors or stuff. I don't know. But however, one on that half of those cosplayers never actually make it inside of the actual convention. No, I agree. I think half of them don't because they're out there doing their thing a lot. And people are really into that. So, you know, it's cool. I'm not mad at it. I like that they have, like, their section because it's kind of like if you want to go see the cosplay, go see it, you know. And if you don't want to go and, like, be inundated with all that, you don't have to be on the inside. You can just see what you want to see here and there or what happens to pass by. So, um, Jay, what do you think of Batman versus Robin? Um, It was okay. I mean, it wasn't great. Um, there were male nipples, which I know you were talking about when we watched uh, uh, Assault on Arkham. And uh, what you should mention at least why I was talking about them, Joe. Like, don't just leave that hanging in the air like that. Like no, the that, male that, nipples that, that you were that's a better <laughs> the male nipples that you were looking for when we were talking about when you were watching Assault on Arkham. Those were there. Like, wait, what? No. Were they on fleek? They were on those nipples on fleek. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Like the level of nudity that was in Batman versus Robin. Uh, there was a lot of it, and of course it was all shadowed out. But it's a uh, interesting. They're like getting up to where the comics are. Which I didn't think would happen anytime soon, but it is. And, uh, but I mean, as far as the story, I didn't really like Damien's voice, because the voice I have when I read him in the comics is different. <laughs> um, the voice in your head, you mean? Right. <laughs> okay. Like the voice I assign him when I'm reading. Who does he sound more like in your head? He sounds like like uh is he like like Bieber? This doesn't Bieber. seem really fair because you can't even decide what he sounds like, so it's kind of hard for them to copy <laughs> what you think he should sound like when you can't tell them what he should sound like. Does he sound like AC Slater from Saved by the Bell? No, kind of like a Harry Potter with like less of an accent, like if Harry Potter was speaking English. Wait, so, but he has somewhat of an accent? Like, it's like a little bit English? It's like a Harvard accent. It's like a, <laughs> he's like from New England or? Right. <laughs> Why? Because well, Gotham is right next to New England. And it kind of sets England. off the arrogantness of him. Mm. 
So that's how I always kind of heard him. How do you compare that to um, the previous one, the Son of Batman or whatever, what Mm -hmm. what it was called? Yeah, Son of Batman. I don't remember that film. You don't remember it? I mean, I know I saw it and I know like the main themes. I don't remember the voices. It's the same people. It's all the same people. Oh. But I think you were just asking about how do you how do you compare it in far in regards to like how do you like it? Oh, um, no, I meant the voice. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh no, it's the same voices. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same cast because this I is honestly the... like the Deathstroke story better, even though I thought Deathstroke got played a little bit. Like I think they nerfed him a little bit mm-hmm. in Son of Batman. Like I thought he made a better villain than Talon. Yeah. And uh, I actually hated Talon's voice. Yeah, Talon's um, voice didn't work. And it worked better in the beginning, even though it it wasn't working. But then when he took off his mask, it worked less. And which is sad because it's he's played by Jeremy Sisto, who I really like. Like, he's a great actor. Indeed. And uh, no, I did like Nightwing. Yeah, Nightwing was really good, actually. Um. I thought the character designs weren't great. Really? Yeah. I mean, when they have their mask off, everyone kind of looks similar. I mean, but they all look similar. Like, I mean, first of all, one is the son of Bruce Wayne, so he looks like him. But then, like, friggin' all the Robins look alike. No. Yeah? One, they don't. What? And two, what? like, especially Damien looks the least like everyone. I don't know if that's true. In the comics, it is. I, I mean, mean, maybe his face is a little rounder, but. And his skin tone is a lot deeper. What does that even mean, Joe? Skin it tone means, is deeper. It means he looks, his complexion is more like Talia's than it is Bruce. He's dark? Yeah. Or, nah, I don't see that. I've never seen that in the comics. Well. He's not olive skinned. I know that. No offense. But... Oh, oh, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? I see color. You son of a bitch. I mean, I'm It's I'm not calligraphy. Saying, it's not like it's freaking handwriting. Like, you gloss over things even now when you can see. Like, back then, it's like. I'll I, I read. I read Batman and Robin comics right now. Like, I read Robin Rising. Or is it Rising? Robin Returns? I don't know what it's called. All right, you don't even know what you read. So it's like... But you haven't even read it. So, oh, maybe he got lighter <laughs> after he died. Like, Death he wouldn't get enough sun while he was in the grave. But, yeah, like in all the comics I read, he's definitely shown as darker. That's funny. Um, I feel like the Court of Owls was underutilized in that flick. Definitely. Definitely that one girl with the stuffed animal, they did not use her enough. (laughs) The little girl Court of Owls? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I know they used her a lot more in the comics. Yeah. And And that's sad. And by no means did I think that it was going to be like how it is in the comic, but I thought... Like, the Court of Owls was almost like just a backdrop so that you can get your Talon, Batman, and Robin story, which I'm like, I, Talon is not even the main guy. 
or shouldn't be the main guy. I mean, I know they gave him a comic book eventually, but that was a mistake. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. And I think what I liked most was there was a Starfire somewhat cameo in the movie, which that was awesome. Um, Especially since, like, they're doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. So it does make me, like, I can pretend to be hopeful that they're going to do an animated Titans movie. Yeah. Which would be great. Like, I would love that. What did you guys think of the Flash panel? I don't like seeing those people outside of character. What do you mean, those people? <laughs> the actors. You talking about Jesse L. Martin and friggin' my baby mama Candace? Oh, wait, Candace was there? Yeah. Uh, Whoa, boy, was she uh, there. Dude. I was there, too. Let me tell you. This <laughs> Where are those pictures at? This chick, she. they asked us not to take any pictures during the panel. And the one time I listened. Wait, let me tell you. This chick walked out onto the stage. You heard the bongos. And I was like, I had to, like, keep my mouth shut. <laughs> because Neil was standing or was sitting right next to me and I was just like anything that comes out of my mouth at this point is only going to get me in trouble yeah. <laughs> because I was just like that like the chick is fly on the TV right. but, but and it was the, the messed up part was I was watching at her, watching her like at a distance and still like wow <laughs> I was like man it was like that little that little thing over there is fantastic I want one of those <laughs> I've, I've been in that situation where it's like in a movie theater and like a girl comes on the screen that's just crazy hot and you can actually like hear like guys in the audience say, <laughs> but this, but this, but I, I've never had it happen in person. You're saying this oh. was like in person. Oh my God, dude. She was so fly. And it was like one of these things where like, I didn't say anything about it for the entire time. <laughs> like I, I kept, I, I literally kept my mouth shut until like maybe halfway through the paddle. Your brain just your brain just hit record. It's like, <laughs> and then after the panel, like Mo and and our friend Alphonse now, like he they left, mm-hmm. and Joe sat away in the back because he was like, "You guys are too close." And then the women went to go. I was there get... for that. You were there for what? When you were talking with Clayton about how hot she was. Oh, right, right. You're yeah. right. You guys hadn't left yet. You're right. I said the joke about the uncles. You're right. <laughs> Look, but when the women went to go get the water, I was like, Clayton, did you see? Because our friends Clayton and Tangerine were there. And I was like, did you see this chick? And he was just like, he was close. Mm-hmm. That was the messed up part. And, you know, and but, you know, he... He and his wife have a different relationship. They were okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> they, you know, they they were commenting on this together. I was just like, oh my god, it was like I, I was like, oh, if, if I was single, I totally would have asked that chick out as a question in the line. Right, been that guy. I was thinking of like doing <laughs> just even because we were recording, doing the um, you know, will you be my date to the Marine Ball? <laughs> He joined the army. <laughs> and then she's like, sure. And then I'm like, okay, now I got to join the list. <laughs> but it's just like, yeah, stunning. And, like, her personality was fantastic, too. Like, she was, like, 
she seemed like a really, really cool chick. I did get the sense that she she and the other chick don't get along too well. I don't. You don't see. You didn't see what I see. Oh, <laughs> what did you see? Well, they asked the one chick a question. What's her name? The one that plays Caitlyn. Yeah. And then the Candace chick kind of just looked away, and then just started playing with her hair. <laughs> like, I and, definitely agree like with almost you. ignoring her answer. <laughs> Kind of like what Joe does sometimes when I speak. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, they definitely aren't. They didn't seem like the close ones because I look. Her and Cisco seem super tight, right? Like they're the best of girlfriends. <laughs> but I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah. And Jesse L. Martin was supposed to be there, but he got sick, and that was disappointing. Yeah, uh huh. He got sick. You don't hmm. think he was sick? Well, he was. Of course, he was way too sick to sit down in a in a chair and talk for twenty minutes and have people that's, worship him. Yeah, that's a crazy sickness that happens. And uh, yeah, you know, going back to Derek's earlier question about, you know, at what point did you wish it was Comic Con? Well, Becky Cloonan, one of my favorite artists, was supposed to be there. Yeah, and she canceled because she was sick. I mean, she does live in, like, Montreal or something in Canada. But, you know, then her Instagram feed, she's taking pictures of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like, you should have you hit her. You ain't sick, Becky Clooney. I was, I was gonna, but I was too busy. You ain't sick. So. But, yeah. They look like they have some good stuff coming up for the next season of Flash. Or the next... Actually, next episode, couple episodes. Next few episodes, actually. Like, right. I gotta hurry up and upload that recording so that people can hear it, because it might not stay fresh after this week. That's true. That's true. They tease the little Flashpoint action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a good show. I like it a lot. It, it's It's really fun. One of the coolest things about it was where they said... Um, that basically Jeff Johns let them have free reign of anything in the Flash little micro universe. So there's no like, no things they can't use right of the Flash, except maybe impulse. <laughs> except maybe <laughs> impulse. But you know, and then Wally's gonna be black. <laughs> but that's cool. <laughs> I don't mind that. Wally's black now. Is he? Thought so. I'm looking at Joe because I don't know why. No, he's, Just, he's not. I'm pretty sure he is. New 52 Wally West is black. No. No. <laughs> I love it. He's like, I'm just not. I'm just going to deny that. No. Yeah, I was just talking was about the true. flash with my wife on the way here. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, but you, you can't see things, so... It's not. It was, this has nothing to do with seeing. Like the the kid is black. Like, watch. I'm about to pull up New Fifty Two Wally West for you guys. I'm just um, gonna type it New Fifty Two. Real quick, while you're looking that up. So Emily was taken by a small press artist creator with the way he sold his product, and she bought a convention exclusive cover, mm-hmm. which she rarely does. Okay. Yeah, and it's that book Nutmeg that ah, we talked about on the show. Right. 
So when she shows me, like, oh, you got to read this, you got to read this. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I know that. <laughs> like, we know the guy. Yeah. Well, Larry knows the guy. Yeah. I, I don't know him. You know him. You've seen him. He's the he's the the guy. Yeah, I know. We saw him on Saturday, on Friday. Yeah, he was he was uh uh what's his name? Want to no, give him a little shout out. He was too James. busy to talk to us. Yeah. Well, he was yeah he was Which, trying to sell uh, comics. Yeah. Yeah, like I was actually happy about that. Like Nutmeg is a great book and it deserves to be read. That's New Fifty Two Wally West. Yeah, that's a white guy. That's not a white guy. Look at him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, white people have black hair. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what, are, what are you talking about right now? Bruce Wayne has black hair. Just like this Wally is just West. like the blue white dress thing. I'm talking about, no, I'm not talking about the color. I'm talking about the texture. It's kinky. <laughs> Look at the texture of his hair. Look. Yeah, that's white hair. That's white, black hair. Because he's a white guy. I don't know why. He, like, hates black heroes, but now he wants to turn Wally West black. I don't want him. I don't want to make it black. He is black. (laughs) So, anyway. We should... We also, oh, oh I know. I got to go to the Bloom House panel. Oh, talk to us about it. Which uh, they showed off like stuff from four of their movies, uh, upcoming movies. Uh, they showed uh, the Gallows, which looks awesome, about these kids that like sneak into a school after uh, after hours, and it's a found footage film, but it looks horrifying. It's like. The one scene they showed us is the girl is just sitting there crying, and then she like shows like her neck has marks, and then the next one she's like being dragged away. And it's Larry's not gonna see it. Terrifying. Nope. Like, yeah, you should stay away from that one. I will. And uh, they showed uh, unfriended. They showed a little bit from that, and uh. That was amazing. Like, when you hear, like, how they filmed it, and, like, they were basically, everyone was in their own room with, like, a live act, like, a live feed of everyone else. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, yeah, basically like being on Skype. And uh, they actually ended up doing the movie in one take like one 80 minute take because one of the actresses thought it would be easier mm-hmm. to like keep up their emotions like if they did it like that and uh they showed Insidious 3 of course which actually stars two of the girls from Jim and the Holograms <laughs> upcoming wait you saw what? Insidious 3 it stars two of the girls that are in Jim and the Holograms that's crazy and uh I know um we got invited to do the press thing for them, the little round table and one on one interviews with the cast. Of uh Insidious? Yeah. 
Yeah, I applied for that, but they told me they were full. Oh, okay. I did. I, I did it for. Well, you did it for one, and they did it for both. Yeah, you automatically. That's why I didn't do it was because of I didn't like unfriended didn't really appeal to me that much, oh. and I wouldn't be. You know, the way you say it now, I might check it out, but everything I've seen of it, like, didn't explain it how you did. Yeah, I know. I was the opposite. Like, I saw the trailer for Unfriended a while ago. Yeah. And, like, I just, I wasn't really into Sinister 3, but after watching the panel, like, it sounds really interesting. It's like, it's a prequel, and so, like, one of the stars of Insidious, the older woman the medium like it shows how she gets uh like gets back into being a medium and uh there's really just a lot of cool stuff going on and i love they like really beat the hell out of this girl where like she starts off fine then she like gets her leg broken and then they like really mess her up like, there's one scene where she's in the wheelchair and the ghost has her and he just dumps her on the floor. And, and uh, yeah, it looks interesting. They, like, showed a couple scenes from it. And, uh, then they showed, like, a teaser of a teaser trailer for Sinister 2, which... Teaser looked, of a teaser trailer. That's how Jason Blum put it. Even though it would qualify as a teaser... Mm-hmm. But Jason Blum put it as a teaser of a teaser trailer. Got it. And it looks like they're going to be focusing on the kid this time instead of the adult. Mm. Which, I mean, I already wanted to see Sinister 2 because I love Sinister 1. But, yeah, that just sounds amazing. And uh, it was very cool. They actually did, a, after the panel, they had a free screening of Unfriended. Which I got to go see. And uh, Unfriended was amazing. It it basically takes place... Like, the whole mo- almost the whole movie, you're looking at a computer screen. And it's like six people on Skype, and you're just watching them through the video chat. And uh, it's super cool, because you can see... Like, it's not just a video chat, like, like in real life, you're not just, if you're video chatting, you're doing other stuff too. And like, the girl was like watching a video earlier and she like goes and deletes her history so that you can't tell she was looking at it. And Hmm. it's just like, kind of cool shit like that. And she's like chatting with one of the guys that's her boyfriend in between the video chatting and then they start being haunted and people start dying and it's awesome how does stuff uh, how does everybody stay out at the computer what it's only 80 minutes i'm saying if i'm sitting at my computer and something freaky happens then you get up right well they die well she tells them that if you because they're being haunted and so they tell you she the ghost tells them like if you leave then i'll kill you and so that kind of keeps people from leaving so then because how do they get they, killed then? Um, well, that's not the only reason why she kills people. Like, uh, one of the girls, actually, she kills her just because to let her know, them know that, you know, she's 
out there killing him. And even though she doesn't fully do that at first, but then, you know, they start, like, talking about things, and then if one person does something she doesn't like, then she'll kill them. And then they start playing, um, what's that game? Never Have I Ever. And, you know, she starts killing the losers of that. But I'm just saying, it's kind of like, if you get up, I'm going to kill you. No, sit here and watch me kill the rest of you. It's like, well, then I should just take my chances getting up, right? I mean, there's a lot going on. (laughs) And, uh... I mean, you don't try to put logic in a horror movie. It's like, you might as well take your chances and run, but you're gonna die if you do that. Like, so it's like, you want to stay as live alive as long as possible because maybe you won't die. That's fair. Cool. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So that was cool. I love that movie. That was like definitely like it's a, right on your tip. A five out of five. You were watching McCoy. You were definitely like that. Seems like what you've been watching lately. That kind of flip. Yeah. And and another interesting thing about it is because it's through the computer, like the ghost can use language that would sound ridiculous coming from a ghost. So like she can use slang. She's like at one point she's like uh, telling one of the guys to just chill out <laughs> because he's like freaking out and waving his gun around. But she's like chill, and it. Like, if it were actual from a ghost, like, saying that, the computer screen, like, she could communicate with them and still talk like a young teenage girl and not sound ridiculous. That's fair. So, all in all, WonderCon was great. (laughs) That's what it seems like, at least. I know, I I didn't get to spend as much time there as I would have liked. I did miss the premiere of... uh, Batman Unlimited, Animal Instincts, which I had wanted to see. That's fair. So, there was a lot that I did do, and a lot that I didn't. Like, right. It was just a really good... They had a really good lineup of stuff. Yeah, great programming. And not enough time to see it. Right. There was definitely multiple things to see at any given hour. And that has nothing to do with what's going on outside with the cosplayers or on the right. show floor, you know, stuff to buy or artist alley. And it's like, you know, did you you didn't even talk about your white cover, huh? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't get to because well, long story short, I got Len Wing, the writer that co created Wolverine, to mm-hmm. actually draw on the white cover. Yeah. It's awesome. And he drew a little quick Wolverine sketch and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. He messed up a little, but, I mean, he's a writer, not an artist. <laughs> right. But that's part of the, the fun for me. Yeah. I know I wanted to go to his panel. Like, they had a panel celebrating, or not celebrating, but uh, spotlighting him mm-hmm. and his work. But I was actually at another panel for uh, building the modern heroine, which had a lot of cool people at, uh, there. And I definitely, I found out about this one show, like one of the panelists there 
does a show where she basically breaks down the psychology of every episode of Batman the Animated Series, hmm. which I definitely am going to look that up because that just sounds awesome. Like, right. I love Batman the Animated Series, and to have, like, psychologists actually talking about it that from does a psychological cool. point of view sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, we didn't get to talk about it this week, but uh, next week, we'll definitely go ahead and make sure we touch on We Can Never Go Home. And, uh, of course, we'll bring you some other stuff, news, uh, more reviews, and all that jazz. So the show's over. Oh. I was going to complain about something. Oh. You, get to, you say you're going <laughs> to complain about something? Yeah. Well, you got you have a final thought? Real quick. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, uh, it was just announced that Star Wars has been will be released on digital uh, in three days. And uh, people on Twitter and Facebook, they are already pre-order specials for it. And it is idiotic. It is the money grab that I said that Disney slash Marvel is now known for. Wait, why don't you we want... all own Star Wars about at least twice, some even more than that. And this is just basically a rip of the Blu-ray that you already own. So stop being excited for something that you should have an ultraviolet copy of already hooked up to your Blu-ray. There you go. I don't use ultraviolet, so I'm happy for the digital release. Good. You pay you pay fifteen dollars for for each original for the original ones, and then in a year they're gonna say, oh, here's the ones with the good effects. First, you gotta buy the shitty effect one. Whoa, whoa, whoa! The one with the good effects. It's the originals. Yes. Oh shit! I am. Fuck you, yes! I'm waiting where, for that. Where the where the oh light my god! All, I am so excited. And the and the X wings look like they're on 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 like poles. Oh like my when god! Moving. I have like been waiting good. for this for so long, and they would not release it on disc. And I have been waiting, and oh my god! And we're gonna get. I'm gonna get the Tihan shoot first. You are, oh, you are what's wrong with America. I just told I just told to the the um, Laserdisc version because that's digital and has Han shooting first. Yeah, if you guys are so excited, just go to any BitTorrent uh, site and you will have this copy. You only you only think we bonus. I think at this point we all know how I feel about BitTorrent. Well, then just go buy it. Go buy them on VHS or something and and rip them. It's like. Dude, Why who the fuck giving Disney money for nothing? Who owns a VHS player? Yeah, I sure. Nia does. Well, I mean, but she's the only she's one. She's a rocket scientist. Like she. It's not a good excuse. Yeah, she should be <laughs> up on technology. It's not a good excuse. Well, she's up on technology that sends people into space. Like it, it's, it's <laughs> right. What are they gonna watch when they get there? That her Earthbound technology be dated Beta because Max. she is. <laughs> So concerned with the future technology. Like and she's now, probably now at home. The Blu-rays. There's like a, a ten-digit code up there. It's like, hey, put this into, put this into ultraviolet. Boom! Here's the digital copy. But no, for Disney, they're like, yeah, we're gonna need another fifty dollars from you guys. And fuck ultraviolet. It should be free. Ultraviolet is bullshit. They should say, guess what, guys? Thanks for all the money you've given us over the years. Uh, if if you can prove you own a copy of of the Blu-rays or Laserdisc or whatever, 
Here, download a free copy. In fact, just download a free copy here. You know what? I am just happy that they finally are releasing the originals. Like, How much I would pay, pay again. How much will you pay for this? I won't pay what they ask me to pay. <laughs> How much? I mean, What's if the... I could get... Final thought, Joe. How much is a digital copy of Star Wars worth? Digital copy of Star Wars is probably worth thirty or forty dollars oh per, per episode. I hope, I hope Mickey's not listening. Forty dollars per episode. Like, oh boy! Joseph Smith. Ching ching. Buzz Magnum. It was the final thought. Um. Uh, I got nothing. Follow us on Instagram for more cosplay pictures, and then. Um, archive should be up tomorrow in the afternoon at some point, as well as our bootleg stuff from the panels in separate files. So this week you're going to have three archives to listen instead of just our show. Yay. For the entire Fantastic Forum, thank you guys so much for hanging out. We do appreciate you. We will be back next week. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say. So for the entire Fantastic Forum... Thanks. We appreciate you listening. Uh, until we're out. Up in the sky. Look. It's a plane. It's a plane. It's Jeffrey's Comics. Jeffrey's Comics is Krypton's number one source for silver gold vintage comics, new comics, and trade paperbacks. We love mail orders. Mention Fantastic Forum and all trade paperbacks are buy three and get the fourth one free. Call us at 310-538-3198 or check out our silver gold vintage collection at comicsonebay.com.